boy, look at our tetter squad We just got on a pitch and we set it off I used to just wanna get top four But we're up now and I want a lot more If we quit now, it was all for nothing They talk big but we call them bluffing We can call no more discussion This season's all or nothing What's up people, welcome to another episode of the Cannon Club podcast where we debate and give opinions on all things Arsenal. Make sure you follow and subscribe to your podcast platform of choice, leave us with a five-star review and if you want more of the discussion in smaller chunks, hit us up on our YouTube channel, Cannon Club. Join the conversation there as well. My name is Mex and always I'm alongside my co-host Paul. Paul, what's good bro? I'm good, my G. What are you telling me? Yeah, man, it's um, been a hot, sweltering weekend. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't believe like, the consistency of this country right now when it comes to weather. Bro, well, you say that now, you know, next week, I think apart from tomorrow, for the next two weeks, it's all rangy, so... Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back for real. We're back. Good times. Good times didn't keep rolling. Um but yeah, man, it's um it's been a very, very interesting week when it comes to, you know, what we talk about best Arsenal football club. Um, there's been the highs of, you know, new signings, other people we're gonna talk about today probably coming into the club. There's been lows of deals I've been trying to do since the season ended, looking like it falling out of our hands. Now it's like high again, that like is back in our hands. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, man, I think this today's episode is very much you know, transfer focus, as a lot of them have been recently because that's like the type of year we're in. Yeah. But um, I think we're probably digging a d- bit deeper into the the transfer DNA of Arsenal, should I should I say, and um, our history of it. That's that's a really good way to put it. The, the, the transfer DNA, the history of Arsenal when it comes to transfers. Yeah, 100%. It's, you're, uh, you know, you're seeing the old patterns um, from what we know and... Yeah, some are worrying, um, some not so much, but still, you know, we just wish we could move in a different way sometimes when it comes to transfers and how we get them done. Just just wish that we would grow up sometimes, isn't it? Like Yeah, you know, just well gosh, just you know, we just realise that like, it's just you know, stop making the same apparent mistake. You know what? It's at the point where you know sometimes because we don't have full transparency, you feel like, okay, we don't know everything. So, you know, they're definitely, they will say to themselves, we're moving in a way that we can't let you privy to. But I'm sorry, there's things you can do to change because you know the out the the perception that fans and other people have of us. So you've got to be able to say, okay, let's do something to change that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, yeah, there, there's still things that can be done. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll get more into that later on in one of our conversations that we plan to have. Um. I just think... Um, like this past week with, you know, Man City sweeping in and out at a point for Declan Rice, which we'll get on to in a bit. Uh, it just shows the difference between an, a team like Arsenal that have to literally structure their deal and work things out mm. and a team with like Man City that is like, basically, this is the the, the check. Yeah. How many zeros do you want on it? Like, we don't need to do installments. We don't need to finance it. We like, yeah. is it in it? Like, Andrew, like the, hub, the habit still that we've all been, you know, in you know split split kind of opinion about like mm-hmm. they've said that the habit still is like 15 million a year over like four years stuff like that Arsenal don't have that you know people say oh don't, why are you getting habits when we can't have a finished rice because the deal mm-hmm. is different the deal is structured differently like because we ain't got the money so this is it this is it and it's who you're dealing with at the same time like you know Chelsea aren't going to worry about such and such like you look how much they've spent in the last year or so you know a club like West Ham 
with no disrespect to them. Obviously, they've spent big in the past couple of years, but I'm sure they're still going to be paying off that Shamaka deal for the next like six seasons, bro. The way you know the way they probably structured it. So same way they're probably thinking, right? We need to squeeze out as much money we can, like liquid cash we can have right now out of this deal, you know. And we're a big club, but when it comes to finances, we still got like most clubs, even City to an extent. You know, you got to think about the balance sheet. You know, you don't spend hundred million and say you're going to outlay hundred million straight away. You know, that, that's how clubs end up like needs back in the day. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you got to be smart about this stuff. But clubs like City, if we say, yeah, we'll give you. I don't know, 20 million right now and we'll split the rest up over four or five seasons. City can play, say, you know what, three installments, you know, 33.3, three years, starting, simple, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, quite. That's, that's, you know, one of the deals anyway, the Declan Rice deal, that is the big deal of the summer. But one that has kind of come in out of nowhere, ultimately, and, you know, a lot of us that are kind of more versed in you know, what's happening outside of the country in terms of football, um, what's happening abroad, are very happy about this signing and excited, I would say, about this name, Jurian Timber. Um, I know a lot of people probably aren't too familiar with his work. Probably a lot of us that play FIFA and FM and stuff have seen this guy's name pop up, mm. um, you know, won the kid status, gone on mm. in games to become a, a great, amazing player. And now that Arsenal want to sign him, we're looking forward mm. to it because we know the trajectory he should be on. Um, I have seen Timber quite a bit for Ajax. Obviously, we just had a World Cup last yeah. year where he he featured in a back three for Holland. Mm. Um, I think this is a great signing. And, right. you know, it's the, the, the eyes, and, eyes are still being um, dotted. The T's are still mm. crossed. Um, but this just, for me, represents what Arteta is trying to do with this team. Right. Like, your versatile player that mm. can I've seen him play I've literally seen him not like a highlight team I've, yeah. <laughs> I've literally seen him play centre midfield and both, yeah. the only thing I'll say is that it was a Dutch league but I've seen him play centre midfield for Ajax I've seen him like I say for the national team he plays in a back three like a centre back like right centre back or something next to Van Dijk mm. like, yeah. allegedly he plays right back as well Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that but yeah like I just feel the versatility, the age profile, what he brings to the team, like just as a sheer athlete alone. And the, the boy has ability as well. Like this is a very exciting signing um, for me personally. Like what, what did you see when Arsenal were like first linked with this guy and then obviously now is escalated to the point of it's nearly done? Yeah, it's, it's like you said. I think um, the first thing I thought of, I was like, oh, I'm sure. Like when I saw Ajax, I was like, I'm sure... I like what I saw at the World Cup um, recently. And so obviously went through YouTube, confirmed that, and was like, yeah, and doing a little, like, you know, research and stuff, everything I thought about him was true. He looks like he's like a right-back, centre-back hybrid who can invert. He's comfortable on the ball. I think he's like 5'10", 5'11". So not the tallest for a centre-back, but for a right-back, perfect, you know. And, yeah, it just... It just comes again, like these signings and, you know, not obviously to kind of, we will focus on him, but, you know, just leaning back into like, when we see Arsenal move mad, well, previously in terms of transfers and players, Arteta or Edu, whatever, or Garlic, them man, they just bring out another person who just makes you believe in the project because this is exactly what we need, you know, to again, to raise the ceiling of the floor. In terms of his play style, it just suits us to a T. 
And it again about bringing in these players that you know what? Oh, this man got injured. Don't worry. This man can fill in. This man can come in here. Again, bringing that unpredictability because he can play right back. He might go around you. He might invert. He might drop back. You know, all of a sudden you don't know what to do with with that. You know, how do you adjust when you got players who can pop up anywhere in possession? You know, same way we saw just with Zinchenko popping up at left camp. You know, what I mean, playing through balls to Saka, who's on the right hand side. Me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine now you got Timber doing that on the other side, and then you bring in these other players, you know, who are able to just pop up anywhere. All of a sudden, you know, I don't even know Saka's playing through balls to flipping, um, I don't know, Saliba in the future. Who knows? Who knows, bro? It's just, it's too exciting. I mean, I did see something before we came on coming out of um, Holland or Netherlands saying that um, the deal's been, like, agreed to 2028, um, but they're still agreeing on a fee. Because I know we had the... Before it didn't come out official, but I think it was like the thirty million or something like that rejected. So China apparently they're meet they're trying to meet somewhere. But it looks like again, like always, personal terms are fine and you know, we're just hashing out the the pounds and the pence or the euros, however you see it. But um bro, I'm I'm so excited because, you know, it you can just see that players like holding are just not gonna be able to hang for very much longer. And I got no problem with holding, you know, we discussed in um in the review about what he brings and his position in the club. But, you know, when you got players like this, you just, he just becomes a non-entity, really. Like, he becomes like, you know, in breaking case of emergency because there's maybe so many injuries and we hope we're not in that position. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's a massive floor raiser. And, you know, I know I've spoken a bit negatively about players coming from the Dutch league and, and not been able to translate it. But he fills me with a bit of, um, you know, ah, of course, translating it from Dutch league to here will be difficult. But I think, you know, I've got faith in Arteta. That's literally it. I'm going on faith and obviously the player's ability um, that, you know, give it six months. Maybe, you know, maybe he hits the ground running, but give it six months, you know, um, he should be comfortable in the league at least to show us something towards the back end. And then next season after next, you know, he really starts to land. So excited, my bro. Excited. Yeah, he's 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 a great player, man. Um, you were just mentioning the the fee. I think yeah, you're right. It was about thirty million Arsenal bid. It was rejected. I think mm-hmm. he's been reported Ajax up more in the way of fifty million. Uh, I'm sure they can find a way to bridge that that right gap, um, or whatever the case is. Uh, ben White costed fifty million, and for me, as a player, this guy is better than mm-hmm. Ben White as a footballer. Now, obviously, Ben White knew the league, came in, hit the ground running, more or less. Even he had a lot of question marks around him because we paid 50 million from a guy from Brighton. I remember when we signed White, I had no clue who he was. <laughs> I remember. I remember seeing me and this Ben White have been in the same England. Yeah. Even know who this guy is. I ne- never even heard of him. Bro. Like, never even heard of him. Just like, And I'm watching him in the well, He's in this league that we love. Week in, week out, I had never even heard of Ben White. I was like, we're 50 million on it. You or like, but you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's fulfilled, he fulfilled the prophecy. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Again, you mentioned the evolution of this team. We've been, this has been a reoccurring thing. We've been, yeah. speed of the evolution, bro. Like, Tierney mm. allegedly is now staying. Or at least Newcastle are not so much interested, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned Holden, who 
it's becoming harder and harder for him to to be that backup and to enter this team with mm. how we're kind of evolving it and stuff like that. If Timber comes in, I'm I'm, I'm almost saying, well, where's where's Tommy Yasu going? Because, like, I I don't know. Like, obviously, with if Timber there, if you want to invert on the right, you start Timber, I guess, in it. Mm. Um, I guess that leaves a good option if Saliba or Gabriel fall sick, injured, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. White can now play in the middle, and we're not yeah. sc- scattering around for like a makeshift centre back or holding. Mm. Like, so it's, it's creating great options. But this is like, like we said, Tierney. Who a matter of years ago, we we said, oh, you know, yeah. I our bloody arm back, <laughs> our saviour. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he can't get into the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omiyasu, who we were raving about for you know at least the first six to eight months, he was at mm-hmm. Like, obviously, last year he had a lot of injuries, but. Now he's he's literally being replaced in like oh Tommy Esker play left back Tommy Esker <laughs> everywhere all over the pitch this is it like the evolution of this team is happening so quickly just because of every season so far the level has risen yeah we finished second last year mm. I mean if the level rises again we win the league well, right this like, is it this is it that but like um yeah I just feel like with him being able to come in right back centre back centre mid possibly it's going to be interesting where do you think is the idea to play him with all the options we have and maybe not you know we're not obviously going for um, Caicedo Mm. it's possibly a centre mid option more so than a defensive option do you think I think it'd be a defensive option I think you were on the right line with the him being maybe the starting right back because he can do the Zinchenko thing so we have that unpredictability and then Ben White becomes the hashtag, hashtag right back slash centre back cover. So if Saliba needs to sit down or Gabriel needs to sit down, you bring in someone just as competent who can again. So but you think basically Ben White is out of the starting eleven? I think potentially yes. And I, you know, I think it'll be one of those things where Ben White will start if anything goes like, if everything goes the way I'm thinking. Ben White will still start the season, but you'll see Timber get integrated in bit by bit. And then with a view of him coming in because he can do the inverted thing because we haven't seen, I thought maybe Ben White wouldn't have been, I I wouldn't have thought he couldn't have done it, but maybe we haven't actually seen him try at all. And the fact that the last couple of games he put party there to do, to do that role on the right side makes me think that he, Ben White can't do it or he's not confident in his ability to do it yet. So him bringing in Timber, I'm thinking, okay, Timber will be right back in the long term with Ben White providing, you know, centre-back cover. Um, but I'm hoping that all this means is that we have so much rotations, op- rotational options that, you know, we're not in a position where Tomiyasu gets injured and we're crooked and we're having to, you know, do all this sort of stuff. So even in a fact where you can get more use out of players like Tierney, like Tomiyasu, who you can call upon when you need them um, and let them bring them their skills while they're not injured because we're not having to rely on them so much so I would say I think more right back but you know it's kind of like Zinchenko's played probably most of his season in centre mid you know but he starts at left back so you know it doesn't really it doesn't really matter in Arteta's formations and stuff you just end up anywhere so you know I wouldn't complain if I was you know right back and I want to play centre mid you'll probably end up at left camp you know <laughs> in the game so yeah and, and I think that's that's exactly right there it's just the rotation it's just the option of wherever in it I with him, maybe Timber starts right back, Ben White's on the bench for a game, and we can in- invert 
on the right and then Tierney can start on the left as left back. Yeah, this is it. Or vice versa, if Zinchenko starts left back, then, you know, Ben White starts on the right sort of thing. And, you know, yeah. we just have options and no one can really predict where we're coming from. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's very important, especially with, you know, the added challenge of the Champions League. And then, you know what as well? Obviously, we've been mm. talking about Havertz a lot as well when people are saying, where does he fit in or is he just an option? Mm. It's about time, you know, Arsenal especially start having 40, 50, 60 million pound players on their bench. Huh, brother? Oh, you're saying, you're, you're like, saying, yeah. It's about time because Bro. now, like, we've we've had, like, two seasons where we're bringing academy players off the bench. Yeah. And, you know, at times, Arteta hasn't even done that because he just mm. doesn't trust them. Also. Yeah. Like, yeah, now there's 40, 50, 60 million pound players on the bench. Yeah. You have to bring them on. You have to trust them. Yeah. And this is the level of depth. Like, people saying, oh, like, Kai have a 60 million. He's got to start for me. I, why? Well, like, I don't understand. Bro, why. this is what I'm saying. It's like, it, the, the money you pay doesn't mean it, like, if there's a clear hole in the team, then of course, you know what I mean? But if not, then this is just the not the price of the going rate for good players. Exactly. You know, you can't expect all your squad players to be 20 million and under. And then, yeah, that definitely means they're not starting. A, a, a top club needs to have that level of option off the bench. Let's not pretend like for a, for a while, Grealish was an 100 million player off the bench. Off the bench. This is it. So, it's only this season. Yeah. You so, I mean, so we, yeah. Can't, we can't pretend, we can't force it. But um, in regards to Tim Bart, for me, this this is one of the most exciting. Like Declan, like it's exciting once it happens, especially. Mm. Um, but for me, this is just kind of the out of nowhereness. Like the need for this player, quality again uh, for Manny signing a deal to when you say twenty twenty eight. Yeah, twenty twenty eight is what's been reported, brother. Like just embed embed into N five. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Like oh, I'm telling you, everything like. This is this is very good um, signing for the future. Yeah, man. I, I just you know I just start to think and visualize like if you you know if you say you got Zinchenko left him right and let's just say even if it was Partey but you got Declan right at the six. Mm. Imagine both of them inviting and maybe Rice coming back and then making like sorts like kind of forming like a three with Saliba or Gabriel or because Gabriel and Saliba are so good and quick and strong, you can say to them, you know what, you two can you can literally play with like two at the back. And then have more players because you got these inverted players, and you got more players, more options to pass to. And even if you do try, someone tries to hit the counter, you got someone like Rice, who's very athletic, who can make up the yards. Saliba, Gabriel, you know, it's a much. It looks to me like we're trying to take more risks by putting more people forward or having more options. But obviously, you still got to think about your back four. But if you have players like Holding there, then you know you're going to get caught out. When you've got these strong fast players who are also comfortable on the ball you can take more risks you can put more guys forward and overwhelm the the um, the opponent it's just this timber guy i just think he takes kind of like zinchenko but we didn't know zinchenko was going to be this you yeah. know but now we know it kind of you're even more excited because you're thinking if he can even replicate half of what zinchenko did last season we're going to be a different animal you're not even going to know which side we're coming from because yeah. one second Zinchenko is popping up there, next second he's dropped back or he's pushed up, and then Timber comes like, yeah, bro, it's gonna be a two-pronged attack. This is it. Man. This is it's it. what we need. It's what we need. Um, let's move on to our favorite guy, Declan Rice. <laughs> I feel like every week at this point we're doing like Rice. Oh, 
I'm Just telling like, you. <laughs> rice wash. <laughs> Going over to the cooker, looking, looking to bro, see. Look, is it boiled yet? Is it boiled yet? Oh, bro, it's like, oh, man. It's, we, we've got to that point. Um, like I alluded to um, early on in the podcast, like, obviously, Arsenal reported the favourites. Yeah. Arsenal made bid. Bid didn't bang. Man City came in, said that they're basically ready to make a bid and match it and stuff. It now seems, again, as it's been reported, that Arsenal are in pole position. Declan yeah. has said he will choose Arsenal over Man City. It's just a matter of the deal getting done. Yeah. Um, apparently, Arsenal are set to make a third bid or have made a third bid at this point. Mm. Um, what, where where are you emotionally with with the happenings of this deal? I'm starting to get a bit worn out, mate, I'll be honest with you, because let's have it right. We said, yeah, as soon as Man lifted the trophy, we were saying to Edu, put the bid in yesterday, like those sort of vibes. And, you know, I was never expecting the first bid to be accepted, you know, and I think you got to be a bit smart and think there are, there is the, the rumour of, you know, United, Chelsea to an extent, City being interested. And although, you know, it's been linked that we've already done personal terms, he wants to come to us, da, 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 da. you can't start off too high because if other teams start bidding, even in just in a bit, in a, in, with a, a plan to kind of get them to rise the price as high as it can, then, you know, you've got to start low at least so, you know, you don't let that ceiling be too high. It was the second bid where I was a little bit like, I feel like you've got to pull your finger out a bit. You know, I think one, two bid, I think the second bid definitely should have been something that felt more substantial because I think we just went to 75 plus 15 or something like that. And then clearly they wanted more up front as well. I don't know what the structure of that deal was. And again, I heard that the bonuses were pretty unrealistic. Like we'll give you 15 million if we win three prems back to backwards. I dumb life. <laughs> when you people have a one, one and 19. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously <laughs> So I, uh, Bro, I heard it was something dumb like that. Like, it was just unrealistic bonuses. And some people spoke about it being similar to the Woodrick deal. And that's why Chelsea were able to swoop in because the installments were better. The bonuses were realistic and things like that. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, after hearing that, you know, you start to get the, you know, the the nightmares again of previous deals that, you know, Wengers told us, I almost got this person. And, you know, we were linked with this person for so long and they went this year this way that way you know that was, so, was, the that was so close to you ask him how you ask him what's he meant to say yeah it's true you know <laughs> i don't you don't play for us what's this yeah i was, I was getting shades of of suarez or Wayne or and villa all these guys <laughs> bro yeah i was getting shades of all these guys so and then obviously you hear city are involved and you know that if it comes to money, and if Declan wants to go there, then we've lost. You like literally, we've lost because he's going to have better opportunity for trophies. There is a spot there for him now that Gundogan's gone, bro. I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping. I'm hearing this third bid is meant to be in the region of 105. Now I feel that like that's more than enough for us, and West Ham need to just act right because I know they're trying to squeeze out every last penny, but I think they're just kind of they want this to go on as long as possible. They're trying to get every last bit of cash out of it. And I think it's a bit immature in my opinion because you're big you're you're not saying but you're you're a big club in the sense that you've got money like I don't understand this. Nah let, let's have it let's have it right. Let's have it right. West Ham are doing what anyone would do. 
Yeah. Or this is their prized asset. They even got a player anywhere near, mm. near the valuation <laughs> of Declan Rice. Yeah. Nowhere near. And they knew, like, 90 million, when Arsenal was at the first bid, however it was structured, was about 90 million. No. That is more than enough for Rice. Of course. Of course. We know this. They, they wanted to encourage the bidding war. Yeah. So this rejecting and stalling and waiting and, oh, Gundogan's going. Okay, let's wait and see what happens over there. Oh, Gundogan's gone. Man City coming now. Right, let's drive the price up. Because, you know, Man City can maybe match that or just and give us all the cash up front or exceed it and give us the cash up front, structure the deal better. Like, West Ham have played an absolute blinder. Like this is this is world class negotiating, and of course, on our side of things, we don't we don't like it. We don't want it like this. Yeah, of course, it's call a spade a spade. If we were if we were doing if we were selling this player, we're doing something of a similar nature to get the best price possible. And like I, I think I said to you, I think Declan is in on it somewhat. I think Declan is, yeah, you know, I, okay, you you want to I want to go, but I will help you to kind of get the best price for me, whatever the case is, to help the club or whatever the case is. Mm. Um, my question to you: Do you think there's a point of maybe Arsenal dilly dallying, where between maybe Declan and West Ham, they just go, "Yeah, no, we're not interested in you know, anymore." You're you're clearly not like moving this deal along quick enough if you want it done. Yeah, like, maybe wanting to embed in the first team preseason training, mm. and and they just say Arsenal, we're looking elsewhere. Well, I think so, bro, because I think. If the price gets to a point now, let's say they reject 105. Again, this has got to be, this is like, it's getting to 105 with bonuses. For me, it can't be transfer fee anywhere more than 95 million person. The bonuses might take it above it. And, you know, that gets spun in the media however it wants to be. But if it starts getting to over 100 million transfer fee, I would be like, yeah, we might as well go and get Kaiseido. We might as well. There's even... There's obviously reports that Tonali's going to Newcastle. I was very happy for Arsenal to turn around and go and grab someone like him. More risky, obviously. Doesn't know the league. Italian, a lot slower. But I believe in his quality. I would have won. You could spend like almost less than half of what you're going to spend on him and go get him and go get somebody else who's really good as well for cheaper. Because West Ham are not realising this man's only got a year left on his deal, you know. Because now if we leave it and City say, okay, we'll take him. City are not paying that much for him. City might now say, oh yeah, okay, well, we want a deal which involves Calvin Phillips. So it's going to be 30 plus Calvin Phillips. And they're going to say, take it or leave it. And if they say, no, we're not taking that. All of a sudden, Declan Rice, yeah, he's really for another year, but you're losing him for free. And they cannot have that. So yeah. they've got as well, to they've got to be careful to know that, you know, we can't push this too far because now we believe obviously that Declan's on side. But if now you're saying, oh, Declan, you got to stay one more year. You might just start thinking, oh, like, you know, when you've got something in your head, like, oh, I thought I was going to do this and then it just crumbles. And now you've got to, you know, you've got to stay for a bit longer. Then your head's not even there anymore. You're not going to be as productive. It might even hurt his value. You know, there's, so, there's no chance in my book that that happens. Like, yeah. The, what's his name? Sullivan have come out, the chairman has come out and said, Declan is leaving this summer. Like, he, he, he blew his casket early. Like, you're just like, yeah, Declan wants to go. We're selling him, innit? Yeah. So, yeah, he. You know, I'm initiating the bidding. You know, yeah. so yeah, I think I think it's definitely a case of him getting this sorted out. I think Arsenal need to make it's not 
complete it. We know these deals take forever, but mm. it's not completing it. This coming week, Arsenal need to make giant strides to getting this done and over the line. Yeah. So maybe the beginning, the, you know, first week of July, we're announcing with all our pretty promo packages yeah. and videos and tweaks and stuff that Declan is an Arsenal player. Yeah. Um, this this needs to get, you know, like I say, take giant strides over the next week. Yeah. And as we've been saying, this is a massive deal um, in terms of Arsenal signing a player of this value, mm-hmm. Arsenal bringing in an England international, a captain. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people in the past couple of days like say, oh, this is the biggest deal for Arsenal since Ozil, since um, Burkamp, since Thierry. I mean, I want, I want you to make a, a comparison. For me, it's definitely not since Burkamp or Thierry because mm-hmm. Burkamp, let's say, was was underachieving when he was like, um, he was like Arsenal was a punt for him. Yeah. Um, the same with Thierry Henry, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. Um, even Vieira was an unknown quantity mm-hmm. you know, when he came to Arsenal. Ozil... I don't know if we needed Ozil when we bought him. No, we didn't. We didn't yeah. need Ozil. It he, was the... He was a fantastic player that was available. That's it, yeah. We got the deal done on deadline day. Mm. Um, so I'm, I've been going back and thinking, Sol Campbell, like, mm. at the time we signed Sol Campbell, especially because he came from Tottenham for free. It was. <laughs> like, like, it's... it's I feel like it doesn't feel like that was a big deal at times, but mm. I think just because of, yeah, coming from Tottenham for free, mm. him saying last day of the season, I'm Yeah, still- I was staying. <laughs> My G. <laughs> I think, I think this deal is somewhere as big as definitely in terms of mainstream popularity as Ozum. Yeah. But maybe as integral mm. and smart as a Sol Campbell deal. Well, where would you kind of place it in its importance? I think that's really, I think that's really good. I think, I think it definitely hits the, the Ozil kind of level. I mean, I think the Ozil one obviously kind of will trump it purely because that was just a surprise, you know, especially in the day of like social media was still doing its thing. It was still growing, but you know, it was still, you know, very established but nobody knew about this wasn't reported you know what i mean so obviously we've known about this for ages but in terms of the, the fandom the stardom definitely will be up there but i think like you said um because i think was it the season that we got campbell or the season after we went to win the league or we went what was it um season after i think season yeah so yeah so he came in then he went partnered with colo and then it was curtains yeah. you know what i mean so i, I think to that extent, yeah, I don't know if I could think of another signing which has been that integral. I mean, I can't even think of a lot of amazing signings that we've made, you know. You tr- you think of the big ones, and obviously yeah. at this point is Pepe. Yeah. And that was met with a whole of, who's this guy? One season wonder, 70 odd million. The manager doesn't even want him. Like, yeah. you're just very kind of mixed, mixed reactions. So, yeah, yeah man, I mean, we, we can keep thinking, but this this is a massive deal for us. We 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 know it. It just has to happen. It's, it's about it, bro. Like I know. Obviously, I spoke previously about you know could it go another way if we decide to pull away. But I just think for the the image of the club, I think as much as we've done so much good business with getting uh, contracts sorted out, 
even the plays that we bought previously, like a, a Ramsdale, a White, a Tommy Asu, you know, all these players that have not really got much of a name elsewhere. And if they did, it was kind of like a negative one or just an okay one. You know, you could see I don't know, Aston Villa signing these players and you wouldn't bat an eyelid. But they've come to Arsenal and they've excelled exceedingly. And now this is the first time we're seeing someone who is, well, maybe not the first time, but, if, you know, he's known. There's a known quantity. We know his quality. We know what he could add. And then we add on top what Arteta can bring out of him. Bro, like, it has to come across the line because now we've got to start getting these marquee signings to add to the talent like Timber and Tomiyasu and White and Ramsdale that we can pluck from these other teams, which you, you can say, oh, yeah, they're decent little players here and there. Then you realise that there's so much quality in there and now they're household names, you know. So, but we need to get these marquee signings and it's got to start with Rice. Got to. So, yeah, I just... I guess I just hope, like you said, we can make strides this week because it just feels like more and more of the opportunity comes for the price to get pushed up. And obviously West Ham, you know, it's, it's up for them to say we accept. And for them, I just feel like they can just push it and push it and push it until they get to a figure they, they're happy with. Because even if we offered 120, they might say, yeah, we want 125. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. There are, West Ham obviously in the driving seat. Um, there's not like a figure we have to hit and they have to say, yep, we have to sell. I just hope they're comfortable with a figure, hopefully around that 105 all in and, you know, we can close the book on it and then, you know, begin to really start to hypothesize about how this guy gets into our team and we really get some stuff exciting. He's here before the tour starts and all sorts. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's got to be wrapped up soon. It's definitely yeah, wrapped up soon. Like I say, this week, yeah, commencing 26th yeah. Yeah. giant strides needs to be happening by the following week I'm trying to see Declan Rice whatever number he's going to have t-shirt yeah. like it, it's got to happen because the this, this season started the season is coming quick one player that we don't know if he will be part of next season Thomas Partey working about here you know improving our centre midfield uh, with players like Declan Rice, players mm. like um, Jury and Timber who could play there. Thomas Partey, you know, somewhat out of nowhere, being linked with moves away from Arsenal. We've heard Saudi clubs come in and they're trying to, you know, stake their claim to to him and offer lucrative contracts. So, and um, allegedly he said that he's happy to stay at Arsenal. Mm. Um, Juventus have come in and made a bid, maybe some other teams. I now with Xhaka going, yeah, without doubt, I'm saying we cannot lose Xhaka and Partey. I don't care who we sign, Declan Rice and whomsoever. The turnover in one position, or obviously these these two, it's a partnership to play centre midfield, isn't it? Hundreds. The turnover shouldn't be that quick. Nope. So no matter who you're bringing in, yeah. So for that reason alone, I'll say no. We shouldn't sell Partey. But with your business hat on. Should Arsenal sell Thomas Partey? With my hat on. For, for the audio listeners. For the audio listeners. <laughs> yeah, no. From a business point of view, this is the perfect, the perfect time to sell when we feel like Thomas Partey. He's in his pomp. You know, we can forget about, even me, I, I, if I forget the last 
15%, 20% of the season where he looked like he didn't know how to put one leg in front of the other. He's been probably, again, like the best midfielder in the league, potentially in Europe. You know what I mean? Like, we could have conversations about it. If you said now, but then you look at his age, he's 30 now. You know, he's going to start heading off that age cliff one way or another. Maybe he already started, has to. But then you start to think maybe, you know, he just needed some rotation, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. This would be the perfect time, which is why when you're hearing Juventus are trying to sign him for like 20 million euros or something like that, you're just laughing because it's just ridiculous. The Saudi money, although even 40 million wasn't really exciting me either. I'm not saying we need to make a profit from him, but I just think that it should be still closer to 50 personally. And I think he's even shown more. So if it was more than 50, I think he showed more than he did at his athletic days. You know, even though he was still great there, but I think he showed way more what he can do. Like he would turn a team at Juventus into potential Champions League winners if they could, you know, pattern out one or two areas or they could get their guys in form. So and stop doing illegal activity. Yeah, and stop doing illegal activity. Yes. That's the most important thing to be honest. You know. But big and serious, I think, yeah, from a business point of view, it makes sense. But like you had rightly said. You know, this isn't back in the day when we're trying to get rid of Mustafi and all these guys and we just need them out of the club. This is like, this was the linchpin of our squad and we've already let go of like a a leader in the dressing room on the field in Granite Xhaka. And I'm pretty sure that once we start to get guys in, you start seeing these other transfers that have probably been, you know, finalised in the background, be authorised because I, I totally agree with that. You know, don't let go of your players before you got cover in for them. Um, so yeah, I just think it's too big of a turnaround. I think having someone like Rice who can maybe give Partey rest will allow us to see the best of him for all of the season. And like you said, I think, I don't know how many years he's left on his contract, but one more season and then get rid of him. If he has another great season, his value wouldn't have gone down much more than that. We could still get a 35, 40 million for a 31 year old, yeah. you know, and he could go off to Saudi or, you know, wherever. And we'll still be good and Rice would have been able to establish himself. Then maybe we bring in one more midfielder, you know, or even if we get Lavia as well, then maybe we don't need it. And we're just able to consolidate depending on what else happens with the rest of the squad and El Nenny and people like that. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's just a wrong move. Could you even imagine if you said, oh, you had Rice starting and party on the bench and, you know, out of Timber or White's there. And then, you know, you've got it. I think just having that just makes us like, you know, bringing guys off the bench who could be starters, you know, it's... Prav, we, we just had a conversation about 14, 15, 60 million pound players on the bench. This is it. This is yeah. it. Like, I'm, I'm still not over us effectively selling Xhaka. And I know Xhaka is... Yeah. Friend. Um, there's rumours that there's family reasons as to why he wants to move away. Mm. Um, yeah, and for Xhaka, his value is most likely less than Partey's. So yeah. it's... 12, 13, 14 million we're getting for it, whatever it is. Mm. I don't understand the club just wanting to take it and they look yeah. a very big sign in, in, in you know, to replace him. Yeah. Partey leaving right now, we still don't know if that's going to be a replacement. Mm. We don't know if, if we sign Declan Rice, is he replacing Partey? Mm. We, we're, we're unclear. Uh, like I said, from a footballing point of view, there is no way he should be leaving the club this time. No way. No way. Business point of view, I, yeah, I think we should definitely, if, if a bid comes in of like 30, 30, 40 million, 
I think that's something to seriously consider. Um, it doesn't even feel like a lot of money in the landscape of football. Yeah, of course not. But I trust that Arsenal have already started thinking who's that guy going to be that's going to replace Partey in the next season or so anyway. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, like you might just have to, you know, fast forward your plans. But um, I, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one because if the money's there in front of you, you're trying to recoup from an... 100 million Declan Rice deal yeah the case is like you're going to be tempted to to take it and move the player along yeah continue continue continuity in the squad um you know not mixing up not changing too much so so much this is where I just can't see it man this is the engine this is this is you know changing the engine willy nilly and expecting their other pieces to still work and you know, at the at the heights that they worked last season, it's, it's yeah. very very risky. Bro, I, I think this is the thing, it, and especially because the when we looked at like Jacker leaving and reportedly, obviously Havertz coming in, we can see already before we even actually consider Havertz that there could there's an opportunity for the evolution of Jacker's role, and you know, even saying that, I think with someone like Havertz potentially playing in that role. It will change. Like I don't even think it will look like the Jacko role that we saw this season, no. because it's just going to be a total different evolution of Arteta's football and the way he wants to play moving forward. But with someone like Partey, it just seems like we just clicked into a different gear last season, and it just seems silly to just take out two integral parts to that and then think we could just keep purring like we did last season. It just seems like you know what we don't know if this is a one-season wonder. Or I know obviously you play 38 games and for about 31 of those, or 32, we were amazing. Yeah. So you think, okay, that is tried and tested, but you still got to go again. You still got to match yourself against these other teams who are improving and getting better and making signings. I just think that's a step too far. It's not that you couldn't take out, again, like for example, if you said you want to take out Gabriel Jesus, maybe in terms of not letting you beat the starting striker and bring in someone else who was maybe just as good, you probably wouldn't feel so, you know, but I just think Partey was so integral to the way we played that I just think it's just too much of a risk. Now, obviously, Saudi come in and slap 70 or 65 on the table. It's a no-brainer. At that point, yeah. no-brainer, you've, you've forced my hand. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even if I didn't want to sell him, yeah, he's, what, 30 years old, riddled with injuries, um... Yeah, and you're offering me that kind of money. And this is it. Yeah, exactly. And away from the money, that's my, that's what Arsenal may be thinking. We don't know if Arsenal are really considering any of these bids, even if it's 18 yeah, million yeah. from Juventus. But they still may be thinking, boy, that's 18 million from Juventus for a guy that's riddled with injuries um, and 30-something, 30 years old. Like, mm. should we do this deal right now? Like, yeah. So it's, it's difficult. I think... If we had clarity, it feels like we knew we were signing Declan Kaiseido, Declan Kaiseido, Declan Rice and Kaiseido. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, then I guess it. I still would have won party to go in the same. Yeah, hundreds. Yeah, but it definitely softens the blow. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think you know the having the transparency, having the 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 assuredness that you know, oh, these players are coming in would make you feel a bit better. But there's no way, and I don't think the club would, because it, it's shown that we've known about Jacques and leaving for a while, and we still haven't got the green light, which makes me think we want the players, and then we'll start letting people go. 
But I just think as well, you know, you kind of spoke about the whole having a squad of players you can trust and you need about 16, 17, 18, you know, getting rid of one of your trusted assets just doesn't make sense with the first Champions League season coming up in, you know, it's it's so exciting. You just think, yeah, in, bro, like, it, I think the last one we played was, um, I just remember it was the season when Sanchez and Sanchez and Ozil were still there, I think. Um, but yeah, it's way. I, I think it was the one, I just remember that we beat Ludogrets, like we slapped them like 6-0 or something at home. Is that the um, match Ozil scored that goal? No, that was the away leg, but it was that season. I think that was the last Champions League season. Um, but yeah, like it's been so long. I just think have as many sick, trusted players that you can have. Getting rid of someone like Partey at this moment just doesn't make any sense. And let's just really give it a good go in all these competitions where we can really rotate. Where you can say, Paul Partey's playing uh, flipping uh, Porto on Tuesday, but then it's all right, Declan Rice, he's, he, he only played 30 minutes, he'll come and he'll, he'll start the game against Aston Villa away. You know, then you just feel comfortable whenever you see the lineup. You're right, yeah. I, I, one thing I would just say off the back of that last comment you made, hmm. I have to say, especially this season, and maybe it was in within this last period of the season where he wasn't at his best. Hmm. Off the bench, Thomas Partey looks awful. Bro, yeah, it may it may just be because of how he was playing in general at that point of the season, mm. but he couldn't catch the pace of the game. His life depended on it. Yeah, like, and yeah, that could be another thing they're looking at. Well, if we do relegate him to the bench because we've got better players, and you know we can sell the dream of you'll be a great off the bench player impact mm. as we're being called at Arsenal now. Mm. Like, is he? <laughs> I mean. Yeah. In, Probably it not. Oh, it could just be form. It could be. It could but. be. I, I think, I mean, I'm thinking if I was a player, I think you could sell me on minutes. You could sell me on, listen, like, you know, you're in the first, like, I feel like I'm selling myself a dream. Like, you're in the first, you're in the, the group of the first team players. Like, you, you're in the first 11 team. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there will be times where you won't play, you won't start the game, but you'll be coming on for decent minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that's what players want to hear, that you're not just going to forget about me on the bench, which is, you know, a bit off topic, but about why there were some rumblings in the Smith Road camp, because he got himself fit, he got the surgery, and then he was just forgotten about on the bench. Whereas I think if he was getting 30 minutes, 20 minutes more, you know, substantial minutes, then there wouldn't have been a, an issue for us to have this meeting with his team, um, his team to be like, don't worry, we're not selling him, you know, to kind of get into Arteta's head to find out what the hell is going on. So if you're able to tell Partey, look, you're still in the in the makeup of the team, you will still start games. Yes, some will be off the bench, but we're going to share the base because we want to keep the team fresh because we saw where we went wrong in April, you yeah. know, where things fell off because players like yourself have played a lot of minutes. And as much as you want it, your body can only do so much. And I don't think he would be, I think coming into like the twilight of his career, I don't think that's something that he would be adverse to hearing. You know, he probably still wants to keep his body fresh. He's probably thinking, I still want to make some millions for the next three, four years at a minimum. So, um, yeah, I think that would even be music to his ears, or I would hope so. Or if I was party and someone told me that, I'd be here for it. Obviously, if things change, then we can readdress it. But, um, yeah, I, having like having party, Rice, you know, potentially Lavia, 
you know, in a dream world, Kaiseido, uh, Erdegaard, and, you know, even Moel Neni, bro, like, I'm smiling, I'm happy, like, you know, that's a team that you can rotate in and out, and, you know, yeah, fit Sniffer maybe at left eight as well, or Vieira in Erdegaard's role, rotating in, better season, you know, you're, you come to a point where you're happy now, outside of taking in things like form, you're happy with the team that's out there because you know that you've got quality coming in. And even when it dips off, you've got other players around who, you know, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, maybe it's not my preferred 11, but it's an 11 who should be able to get the job done and make a good account of themselves. So let's 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 keep up our name, brother, here, man. <laughs> yeah, man, let's um, watch this space when it comes to to Thomas Partey. It's going to be very interesting over the over the summer. Right. Um, you mentioned just quickly in a conversation on minutes. I was I remember who tweeted it. One of these journalists. I read it on this morning. I think it was. Mm. And a Man City like made the midfielders Folden, um, Mares, all of them man that play across the midfield for them. Yeah, all had like a collectively got like played like between a thousand and two thousand minutes last season. Wow, for their reaching all the cup finals and everything, yeah. more matches. And they said Saka. As one man played over 3,000 minutes last season. For all. It just shows, like, rotation has to be something. If we want to go deep into the season, rotation has to be an option. It's key. This is what I'm saying. Like, I know for us people that play um, Fantasy League, it's jarring when Pep rotates the squad every time and your player's not playing. You know what I mean? But in terms of longevity, you know, that's why Gundogan can come and be doing superhero at the end and Foden yeah. comes in and you're bringing all these guys in and you ain't seen them for two weeks, but the quality is still there. And yeah, maybe you're thinking, oh, I, I only started 20 games this season, but you came off the bench for like another 10, you know. And at the end of the day, you're not they're not going to be angry. They flip him on the treble, exactly. you know? So yeah, rotation is key. Absolutely. It is. Um, yeah, like we said, we'll watch this space for Thomas Partey. A space that we've been watching for quite some time now is uh, what's happening upstairs in the boardroom. Um, I mean, we have been very kind as fans, reserved our judgment for a long time because especially over the last season, the the fixed uh, results have still been very good. Yep. I guess I'm bringing this forward. We spoke about this in a bit last um, podcast. Mm. We've had trouble in the past week with the Declan Rice stuff. We're talking here about Edu, the sporting director, Edu Gaspar, right? Yeah. Edu and his ability, and he, or maybe his team's ability and Man. the finances, who, whomsoever you want to call out. But I guess Edu is the face of that department. 100. His ability to get deals done. Mm. We're in the midst of the transfer season now. So I guess really we should give him grace up until the end of this window that particularly Mikko Arteta has said, you know, we have to nail this transfer window. That was Arteta's words. Yeah. So obviously he's looking at his right-hand man, Edu Gaspar, mm. waiting for him to nail these deals that both of them are have been discussing. Yeah. Like I said, they have been doing a fantastic job thus far. Mm. Let's be honest. There's allegedly been a lot of deals they didn't get over the line. So, some yeah. alleged, some we just straight up know they yeah. didn't be done. Mm-hmm. Alleged ones, I would say, would be Vlajovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. way back when when we wanted him um, didn't get it done he went to Juventus it led to six months later we bought Gabriel Jesus and they got away with it let's yeah. be completely honest <laughs> like, definitely simple yeah uh, um, 
Martinez from Ajax, uh, first choice option for what we see Zinchenko doing now. We didn't nail it. Um, Zinchenko came in as a second choice, got away with it. Yeah. Mudrick, Mikhailo Mudrick in yeah. January just gone. Mm. You know, Arsenal went to the wire. They really tried. Obviously, that one was very evident. They really tried to the point where Arsenal said, this is ridiculous. You man are drawing us out. This is too much peace. Mm. They left it. They went for Trossard mm. and away with it. Yeah. Declan Rice. And Declan Rice, this deal is going to eclipse everything I've just said in mm. terms of the people, the funds, et cetera, et cetera. We might be a couple of weeks early answering this question or trying to answer this question. Because I guess a lot of it, the answer will lean on what happens with this Declan Rice deal. Mm. Do you think Edu is a good sporting director from what you've seen thus far and obviously the evidence I've just laid with his ability to get deals done or not? I've got to check. I think, you know what? I would say I don't think he's a bad one. Now, I don't know if that's answering the question. Mm. But... It's like, if I was to say, yes, he's a good one, I can't say that generally, but I know he's not a bad one because I know he's put across good deals. I mean, he did, he brought us Martinelli. He did bring us, um, you know, all these other signings, all these other second options who have been great and we've loved. So, you know, that makes me feel like, well, he can't be all that bad. But at the same time, you do have to start questioning when you want to get your star man, can this man put it across the line? And also when it comes to selling, which Arsenal have been notoriously bad for prior to Edu, Edu you know, think about, and obviously there was matters that kind of made things go a certain way. You think about the ornery deal, you think about Fabregas, you think about, you know, um, the list goes on. Um, who else? Like, you know, Sanchez going for the swap deal, Van Persie, you know, all these are stars who we just, you know, Adi Bayor, like, and even though you could say maybe at the time we got good money for them, but, you know, you still look back and think, oh, we could have squeezed a bit more, you know. You think about good sales in the last season, couple of seasons, and you again, my mind goes to Woby and Oxlade-Chamberlain. And I don't know, maybe there's one I'm missing, but those are the only ones. I mean, again, before we started recording, and this is the thing, you have to kind of take social media with a pinch of salt because, again, we don't know this for true, but yeah. apparently we valued Balogun at $35 million. And that's just ridiculous to me. You know, <laughs> that's absolutely, he shouldn't be going for anything less. And again, you can say, my my point is that he is not worth 50 million pounds. Of course he isn't. But in this market, he's worth 50 million pounds. I'm sorry, a number nine who's scoring goals in a world of football, de like devoid of strikers who are scoring goals. I'm sorry, like, he has to go for nothing less than that. Now, of course, I don't know that to be true. But this is how you yeah. get triggered by social media. So yeah. in that sense, you still got to think, is Eddie good at selling players? But obviously, getting this Declan Rice deal will go a long way in his relationship with the fans. But, and especially in terms of getting your number one choice, you know, because no one can say if we signed even Caicedo yeah. back, you know, and he was amazing for us and we didn't miss Rice. But it's still the fact remains that, yo, bro, you didn't do what you set out to do. And you just get lucky or, you know, you just have a good second option. But, you know, it's better to just go for the second option then, you know, don't go for the first one. So is he a good sporting director? 
it's undecided, but he's definitely not a bad one. He's definitely not a bad one. But yeah, there's still a lot to be, a lot left to be decided. But I don't know. What do you think? You want to hear my answer? Yeah. <laughs> Is Edu Gaspar a good sporting director? No. Edu Gaspar is a great sporting director. Oh, wow. Let me adjust my headphones because listen, not, I wasn't expecting this. I think he has done an excellent job at Arsenal. And yes, it's, you know, it's, it's a team effort. It's down mm-hmm. to the scouting department, those that are doing the talent ID and stuff and him getting the deals done. I, th- I think fans are forgetting where we're coming from. Because let's be honest, especially over the last two to three years, mm. we're Arsenal in name. When we haven't been Arsenal for a long time. And we I would even say, and not to talk down on my club, but I would even say we're helped by the fact we're in London. Yeah. Because if we weren't in London and we've been performing how we've been performing in the last few years, Lord knows who we could have attracted and who would want to come and all of that kind of thing. Vlajevic didn't come again we don't know how deep we or how much we actually really chased him or anything like that but he went to who he believed to be you know Italian champions from the league he was already in Mm. I'm pretty sure what AC Milan won the league that year anyway did it so he still ain't he still ain't won the championship and his performances have have kind of sucked still since he's been there so it just was a bad move all round for him. Um, you know, we went and got Gabby Jesus, someone that knows the league, hit the ground running. And yeah, that was the backup, an effective backup. Mm. Martinez as well. Like, I feel he maybe just joined Ten Hag because he previously knows Ten Hag. Yeah. Um, but again, Zinchenko comes in. Um, Mudrick was just an absolute draw out for peas for like 100. <laughs> Like I mean, I can't lie. We all we all wanted Mudrik, of course. Yeah, but I, we were all tentative as to how much we should really pay for a player that had a good six months in the Ukrainian league. Yeah, like so they done the right thing in not being drawn out because I think even when that last Chelsea bid came in, Arsenal were they said that funds are available to match it. They just mm-hmm. chose not to. Yeah, it's ridiculous at this point. Yeah, um, when I got Trossard. And then, um, of course, now we're, we're in the midst of the Declan Rice saga. And, of course, there's been players in between as well, which they've got and got things done. And like I say, being in London helps. Yeah. So, I, you know, some is definitely the pulling power of wanting to play for Arsenal, the, what's happening at Arsenal right now. Some is obviously just London as somewhere to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned London. If Arsenal wasn't in London, does Declan Rice choose, choose Arsenal? If Arsenal was somewhere else, like up north, mm. and there's Man City up north, he probably choose a city, right? <laughs> like, yeah, be, be real. So, yeah, I, I think for for where we have been as a club, he's come in. The work he's had to do, the players he's had to do, come in. Like, I, I just have to rate what him, his team, whether that's Arteta and scouts, whatever. I just have to rate what they're doing because. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. We haven't put a foot wrong yet. There's been deals we haven't got done, yes, but yeah. we haven't put a foot wrong in what has been done. Like, and again, I think it goes more for things like um, 
it's not mainstream appeal, but doing the the positive press, the kind of you know, this is an Arsenal legend, an invincible that's gone out there. He's put his yeah. death on the line, like to to be the face of all of these transfers and get this all done. Like, I'm I'm the Declan Rice one would be telling. I can't lie. No, it's I might, yeah, I might have to take back everything I'm saying if Declan Denzel <laughs> like it'll be very telling. But yeah, like at to this point right now, I feel like fans are maybe being a bit harsh on Edu, just a bit, not overly, just a bit harsh. And I think we just need to realize currently, or we're coming from a place where we we're just not that beast, yeah, oh, that we once were, if we ever really were. Like before, I don't know if we ever were really a beast. If I'm being honest, I'm thinking about it now. We were just cutting through with great football and winning trophies when we did. Yeah. Like now we're trying to transform into that team again, as well as actually being a beast, a juggernaut that yeah. can, you know, take on the likes of Man City financially, well, not financially, but target wise, you know. Yeah. So I think he's doing a good job, man. I think he's doing a great job, like with what he has. I, I just feel like. We just have to wait and see. They, they, you know, God willing, there's going to be bigger yeah. deal Declan to do in the future. Yeah, amen, amen. Because I hear it. I mean, I think I think you're right in a sense where it's like if he hasn't, even though he hasn't got the first option, at least it wasn't he got the first option wrong. He, I mean, he didn't get the first option, and then we bought fodder. Yeah, you know what I mean, that would be horrible because that would be like, oh, and. Even if these players weren't doing well, you know, look at Martinez. He's you know he's doing well at United, and we went and copped you know some some dead left back or something like that. You know, so you you still got to give props that like, even when things don't go right, you know you can still have a great rebound, come back stronger, and we, he's shown that. Um, I guess the selling aspect is something I'm really looking at this season as well because it's clear we're going to have a couple outgoings, and the fees that we'll be able to command will be you know a big sign of that as well because you know you still see players like uh you know you still see teams like Chelsea I mean so t- just today Koulibaly's gone yeah. he's gone to Al-Hilal for 20 million now, those, one season at Chelsea one season one big man one season and Napoli won the season when he busts that imagine <laughs> but you know still I know this is Saudi money so you know you can kind of talk about whether the value is still there but for what they spent to still say they got 20 million out of that you know and probably straight up you know probably straight up you know there probably wasn't no yeah that's probably just 20 minutes straight in the back um yeah so you know they've been notoriously good even liverpool they've been really good so i just think you know i still want to see more of a wholesome you know sporting direct experience in terms of selling and buying but definitely on the buying front you know i can't knock him in recent years you know i think even there's still a bad taste in the mouth because especially when you see teams like Chelsea, like, you know, they always seem to get lucky, you know, players like Kante, who they would have probably had to sell at a, um, at a loss, like at a serious loss because of his wages. They've managed to ship him off for decent prices to Saudi and Koulibaly and you're hearing Ziyech and all these players going for like half decent money. Yet we had to let go of players like Mari for Pence and Mustafi gone, no, no transfer. Ozil gone, Lacazette gone, Aubameyang gone. All these players, like, you know, we sold, a, a, well, we let go of Aubameyang, we terminated, and then he's gone to Barca, then Barca's shipping back to Chelsea for like, what, is it 16 mil or something like that, or 12 mil? So, 
so one thing I'll just say with that, like again, so the the buying side we've just we've discussed in it, the selling side does not look pretty at all. Yeah. However, I would argue for them that the sell the selling side has been like that because they haven't recruited a lot of those players that have they have sold. So, like now you can see the pro the profile of player we're recruiting. We know like if this player ever turns around and says we want to leave. You know, we've got contracts in place, so we're not going to have to lose them on a free. We know when to activate those contracts. Mm. Um, we're, we're buying them with a with a with the possibility in mind of what his sales value could be. Yeah. Like, can see it's more thought out. These guys that we lost for free, and it's just like a shambles released from their contract. Mm. These are never guys under their regime. Yeah. They didn't buy these lot in it. Like, so mm. it's just like. Just get rid of this idiot. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear it because it was toxic. It was crazy at Arsenal at a point. Yeah. You know, when we had these guys in Kalasanak and all these guys who were just trying to eat, you know, like they were just trying to get their breads and they're what they, they didn't care because they knew they weren't part of the vision. So mm-hmm. they didn't care. It was just about, yeah, give me my money. You know what I mean? And I hear it to an extent. Um, but, you know, it just feels like when just other teams just, you know, when you just keep seeing that, you know, I'd always go back to like Dom Solanke going to, Former for like was it eighteen mil? Out yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that was. You know, like you know, you know, like or even when um Brewster went to Sheffield United for twenty five, like you just think, bro, like how are these lot pulling this off? And then you know you see your youngsters and your good players, you know, just going for. Which we always seem to be nice or gentlemen's about it, and I'm you, you know, know what I mean. I was gonna say something when you said Balogun for thirty five mil, and you said that's too cheap. I was thinking. It's not too bad, to be fair. But now you've mentioned Solanke. Bro, this is what I'm saying. No, he has to go for 15 mil. Bro, this is, this is, this is what I'm, I've always said. Like, when I put these value, if we had real valuations, you know, we would be, things would be a lot, like 35 would be even slightly generous. You know what I mean? If we take into account everything, that would be like, oh, that's a really good deal. But again, when you see how the market moves, you know, especially even, I'm sure Ajax are moving mad on the timber price because like, hey, we just flogged Anthony for near 100 mil. There's no way you lot are going to give us 30. You know, because the, the market's moved on. So we can't, we've got to add like 20% on top of the valuation, you know, because that's where the market's at and it's getting crazy, but that's where, that's where we are at, in football at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think, um, like I say, just to wrap this up, I think Edu, will be judged on this Declan deal. Yeah. Massive deal. Biggest deal in the club's history. So yeah. he will 100% be judged on how this goes. Um, and and we see from there. And, you know, I guess we'll see if Arteta feels that he has nailed the transfer window. Yeah. Um, come whenever, you know, the date is at the transfer window. Mm. Knows, um, yeah. I think he's doing a good job. But the Declan... The Declan um, deal could be the make or break one to really see if this guy has what it takes to be a, a top level world-class sporting director yeah agreed agreed i mean just lastly do you think i think for me actually let me just say i think it's actually just about getting the deal over the line obviously at a good price but you know whether we pay 80 or 120 like you know it's, it's here or there really we know it's going to be a crazy fee I think it's just about getting across the line for me in terms of just showing that, you know what, I can do these deals. I can do the big, I can do the small ones and then getting us some good sales, whether that's this season or next, depending. But yeah, it, it's just about getting over the line. We cannot see him going to City, you know, no. 
Nah, nah, that that will rest on his head. Yeah. Boy, Mr. Eddie Gaspar, time to put your finger <laughs> Don't get caught slipping. Boy, it's been a, a heavy pod today on yeah. the transfer stuff. Um we're coming we're coming to the to when I guess the the, the transfer window or the, the actual transfers take place yeah. in terms of when players will join their new teams if they've had the transfer already. So um and yeah free agent free agency as well so i think we said in our i talk about um free agent signings and things of that nature um so it could be a good one but yeah a lot of transfer stuff happening i guess we're still gonna start kind of predicting where man are gonna actually end up in the team like he's gonna play when and that's gonna be gonna be interesting but yeah any anything before we end up today anything else I'm just hoping for big strides with Arsenal. You know, I think the Havertz still will probably go through this um, this night. I think uh, apparently he's on his Instagram taking pictures of like Jorginho and then he took a picture of Kovacic saying like, are you ready to go? And things like that. So I think, I think that's happening this week. So um, yeah, look out for that. We'll definitely uh, cover that as and when it does happen. Um, most likely anyway. But yeah, just hoping for Arsenal to make big strides with Timber, um, Havertz, Rice, maybe even Laviar, maybe some other unknown ones, you know, and maybe even just hearing some rumblings about who we might be letting go of because if we're bringing in about four or five, then, you know, we should be expecting to hear some rumblings about who may be exiting alongside Xhaka. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, God, who would, who would have thought our first transfer of the window would be Kai Havertz. Please, bro, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. We, we will talk more on Kai Havertz once that's completed and announced. Uh, you used to dream like for times like this. You remember transfer windows of long when we just know, like, no one. Like, nothing. bro, nothing's happening. We're watching all these guys making moves. Oh, we're just there, nothing. And then Wenger's telling us it's very hard to find a player at a price and ah oh, big man we're not trying to hear that so it's good that we're just <laughs> like book, you know. oh my gosh bro big awesome <laughs> we're, we're, we're here now anyway we're here and we're enjoying being linked and you know just being in the in the race for all these you know really good players you know so long may it continue that's it long may it continue but guys that's it that's another episode of the Cannon Club podcast as always thank you for joining make sure you follow us um and um subscribe as well to our youtube follow us on your podcast platform of choice leave us in a five star for review let the people know that um this is a really good podcast for all things arsenal mm-hmm. daily content out on the youtube that we're striving for we're working hard for so it's really keep um, liking that and thank you for um 100 subscribers well true cheese big up yourselves guys 100 subscribers yeah, big up the chest, man. We really appreciate that. Past that milestone um, this past week. So, yeah, that's that's really good on our way up. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back same time next week with some more stuff. Come on, you gunners. Declan Rice, brother, Sign still waiting for the rice to boil, bro. Sign the ting. Sign Sign. The... We're waiting for the rice to boil. <laughs> <laughs> Is it done yet? <laughs> There's still too much water in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, look at our tennis squad We just got on a pitch and we say it off I used to just want to get top four But we're up now when I want a lot more If we quit now, it was all for nothing They talk big, but we call them bluffing We can call no more discussion
discussion. This season's all or nothing. Bukayo, that's our boy. I told you that Saka's a star boy. Tech time, could we come in?